Do you wish you had a set of superpowers that could help you get through your workday, through your personal life, or your family gatherings? If so, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Code City Podcast, where we help unleash the entrepreneur in everyone through talks, startups, boot camps, mentors, and events designed to give you the tools you need to innovate wherever you are. My name is Eric Williams, and I'm with my co-host, Nate Walk. And Nate, what is the superpower that you wish you had the most? I'd have to say the force choke. Force choke. Why is that? Uh, well, they said that Kylo Ren's greatest fear was that he would never be as strong as Darth Vader. And Darth Vader used the force choke. I think that qualifies as a superpower. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love it if uh, someone said about you that Darth Vader's greatest fear was that he'd never be as strong as Nate Walk? <laughs> I think I would like that, actually. <laughs> and so we talk about this uh, idea of superpowers because our talk for this episode deals with five superpowers that everyone can use from author, speaker, and really friend of both of ours, Barb Bruce. You want to tell us a little bit about Barb and her background? Yeah, I think the neatest thing about Barb is I've known her for a handful of years and, you know, we'll go for six months a year without running into each other. But every time I meet her, she's one of those people who just says something during the course of the conversation that is a bit of wisdom that I carry with me. And I always end up using it later in some way. Yeah, same for me. I, I can't remember a single interaction I've ever had with Barb where I've walked away and not gained some sort of value. I mean, we, we actually worked together in the same organization for a while uh, before she stepped out on her own to kind of innovate as an entrepreneur herself mm-hmm. um, to really sell her own personal brand as a speaker, as an author, as a uh, life coach. And she just brings incredible value to every single room that she's in. I did have a conversation with her not too long ago where she gave me a quote from John Maxwell. And the the thing that she had said was that when people come to leaders, they're usually asking a couple of questions. And one of those questions is, does this person like me? Uh, Can I trust them? And then lastly, how can they help me? And people are kind of intuitively looking for that with the people that they're following. And I thought, wow, that's really good to know and to keep in mind for uh, some of the projects that we've been working on lately. I do love that quote, and uh, I love the principles that John Maxwell has and a lot of the principles from Barb. We'll actually put some of um, those resources in the show notes. And we also have a set of resources that will be able to help you innovate wherever you are. And you can add those resources to some of the tools and tips that Barb is going to be bringing. Uh, My name is Barb Bruce. I live here in Toledo. I'm not from Toledo, but I've been here long enough now. Like, I don't know if anybody else, there's like kind of the tipping point. And like, for me, it was how old am I? And have I lived here half of my life? Yes. So now I am from Toledo via Bowling Green State University. Go BG. Uh, My family and I live in the Old West End, so I'm about five minutes away from here. And for me, one of the unique parts about living in Toledo, especially for the last, let's see, if I'm only 28, we've probably only lived here now about 12, you know. um, We've lived in the Toledo area for about 24 years now, and it's been fun watching uh, opportunities like Code City surface. If you and I are paying attention to what's happening in our area, We are at a stage now in Toledo where um, after a lot of conversations about what we've lost, now the conversations are turning to what could be. And tonight's talk uh, about tapping in the superpower, tonight's talk, the, the, the nexus of it is what could be. We have hope for our city, but the reason why we have hope is because of people. 
Not because of programs, not because of planning, not because of buildings, but because of people. And the tension that I want to set for you and I is that even as we have hope, you and I still have a decision. We still have a choice every day about the space that we're going to occupy around us. Uh, how many of you, whether you're on Twitter or whether you're on the news, how many of you grab your phones and you're like me every morning, you go, I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to deeply hope that there is not bad news when I pick up my phone. Is anybody there yet? Like each day you just kind of go, um, I have notifications and so now the notifications come in and I go, okay. So the notification was XYZ Hollywood stars getting divorced and I'm sad because now I'm cheering for that because it's not a mass shooting, it's not job loss, it's not all these things. And the question for me now has become, in the midst of the culture that we live in today, what kind of power do I have that can make a difference? Well, there are five things that I've determined and discovered over time, not just in the work that I've done, but in the world that I occupy, that there are five actual superpowers that you and I have. And when I talk about superpowers, a superpower is something that transcends what's normal. Uh, I am a big fan of Marvel comics. Anybody Marvel comic movie people? Anyone? Yes, like Thor, I can't say the name of the movie. Is it Ragnarok, Ragnarok? Like somebody help me out here. Ragnarok, thank you. Thank you. Like that's coming out in a few weeks and um, Nate has been a big DC Comics person. He's been in the movies, but uh, Whenever I watch those movies, there's something that, is, that I always notice. It's not their superpowers that's the struggle. It's the relationships that they have about how to use those powers. Have you ever noticed that? It's not the superpower that gives them the trouble. It's making the determination on how they're going to use it. You and I have the superpower. We have things that we can do that change our environment around us. And so I want to share what those five things are. And I want to share exactly how you can use them to change the environment. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about work. It doesn't matter if we're talking about your home. It doesn't, in fact, if you can use these superpowers in your home, then you are incredibly amazing. Because really our home, that's our toughest crowd. The hometown crowd, that is our toughest crowd. So if you can use these at home, you will be able to definitely use them anywhere else. And so the very first one that we're gonna talk about is presence. Uh, when we talk about this idea of presence, it's do you know where you belong? Where is it that you belong in this world? And do you belong in the place that sets you up to make the greatest amount of difference. And this is why this question comes up. Uh, one of the things, I'm a speaker and an author, uh, and so part of my world, I spend talking uh, either to groups of people at conferences or I do business leadership development. But then in small spaces, I'm a life coach. And the number one question that people come to me as a life coach, they ask, I don't know who I am. And there's a reason that people ask that question I don't know who I am. It's because we live in a world where we have endless opportunities and we get a chance to compare ourselves to other people. And when we see other people, we take bits and pieces. We like this person's personality. We like this person's, their job. We like this person's relational skills. We like, and so we, we spend lots of time taking composite parts 
of people that we know. And what we try to do is we try to adopt those composite parts into ourselves, and then we discover that doesn't work. Because as we're trying to adopt the composite parts of people into ourselves, what we've lost is the very unique us that's the most important part of who we are. And so this idea of presence is, do I know where I belong? Uh, in the uh, Superman movie, I think it is Superman versus Batman, uh, there is a scene where they are fighting um, the name of, it's this giant evil doomsday. And he's this giant, awful monster. And the scene opens where Doomsday is trying to attack Superman and Batman. And so there's a point he flings Superman off into the distance, and then Batman is in his bat car, and he's trying to shoot at the Doomsday, and Doomsday hits Batman. And Batman is about to get annihilated by Doomsday, like the big giant thing. And he looks at Batman, and he's about to turn like the eyes on him. It's kind of like what your mom did to you when you were a kid, and she turns her eyes on you, and you're like, and I'm dead. And so the Doomsday guy turns his eyes on Batman, and as he's doing the whole eye beam thing, you notice that the rays dissipate. And when the rays dissipate, there's a shield that goes to the side, and it's Wonder Woman. And there's no dialogue in that moment. But what happens next is Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman, they all get into the fight against Doomsday. And then there's a scene where they end up booting Doomsday off someplace, and the three superheroes are standing there, and Batman looks at Superman and says, is she with you? And Superman looks at Batman and says, no, I thought she was with you. And what I love about that scene was, Wonder Woman didn't ask anybody's permission to show up. She knew who she was. And she dropped herself in the middle of a place where a difference needed to be made. You see, the power of presence is knowing where you're belonging and knowing you don't need permission to be there. That is the power of presence. That when you know there's a space where you can make a difference, that you don't need someone to tell you that you can show up. You just show up and you get involved. There's a gentleman, his name's Adam Leipzig. He, uh, there was a great TED Talk, and um, if you're a TED Talk person, uh, go ahead and pop his name in. But he used to be an executive at Disney. And his TED Talk was about a 25-year class reunion he went to. He graduated from Yale. He went back to see his classmates, and there were two groups of classmates that he met with. The one group of classmates were very successful business folks. And as they were standing and talking, the men were, they were in this group, and the men were talking about their first and now their second wives. And they were talking about their first and now second houses. And they had all of the things that we all think that we should want when we're successful. And the part that was interesting was he realized that was generally an unhappy group because they had opportunities to get all of the things, and they had achieved all of the prestige, and they were unhappy. So he said the next day, he went over to a group of people. He had done some drama or theater or something. And he's talking with this group that they had found some success. But what he discovered was this group, they were deeply connected in the world where they were at. And he said this group, they talked about the places where they knew they were making a difference. They talked about the places where they were tapped into what was the very best of who they were. 
And he said, by and large, that group was very satisfied and very happy. And so Adam, he narrows down five questions, and I'm going to give them to you, but I really want you to check out his TED Talk. He said, you've got to know these five questions if you want to understand who you are and to settle that question of who am I. He said the first is, what do I do? Who do I do it for is number two. What do they need is number three. And how will their lives be affected by what I do? And then, what do I have to offer? Those questions for you and I, without our understanding of those questions, we are literally just taking up space. But when you know the answer to that question, for you, it doesn't matter what the answers are, but when you know that they are your answers, that is powerful. When you know the answers to those questions, what happens around you is going to start to change. Because when you leverage the power of who you authentically are and you lean into it, your life becomes catalytic. You don't need to be in the C-suite to experience this. You do not need to make XYZ numbers of dollars a year. You do not need to have thousands of followers on social media. But when you know those questions, you will discover that the things that you do, they find their own momentum. And when things find their own momentum, that is when life changes. Momentum means that it's moving forward and it doesn't stay the same. And what we want in life is to move forward. How many of you have ever felt stuck? We feel stuck in the places when we don't know how to create momentum. And so those five questions, those are powerful questions for you. Now, what's next is once you have those five questions, especially if you're new to answering them, then you're going to end up in this space of metamorphosis. When I was a kid, I loved this word. Um, in the business world, I talk about change. But I love metamorphosis because it was the first big word I ever learned how to spell in the second grade. M-E-T-A-M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S. I believe that my mother was deeply grateful when I went to school because I was so proud of being able to spell that word. It felt so complicated, but metamorphosis is understanding that at the point at which we know that we're going to be different, that we embrace it. At the point at which you know that something in your life where what you are doing isn't what you should be doing in the future. There's this thin space. Think about, if you think about a trapeze, you've seen folks on the trapeze, you've got one person on one side who's upside down swinging on the swing, you've got a person on the other side who's upside down, and you've got the person in the middle. And as that person is swinging with the one person, it's good. But then there's that moment where the person lets go, and there's a few seconds when they are in the air and what do they have to do in the air? They have to reposition their bodies in order to get caught on the other side. If a person's on a trapeze and they're swinging and they let go and they don't do anything different, what's going to happen? They're going to fall. Sometimes for us, this happens often in our jobs. 
where our jobs are going along great. And then we, one morning we wake up and we go, we do not want to go to work. Or you're a part of an organization that you were super excited about. And then it's time to go to a meeting. You're like, I don't want to see those people. Or when you're looking at your lifestyle and it used to bring you great joy and happiness. And now you're, what happens to many people is that the fear of change, the fear of letting go is so great that they keep hanging on. That they won't let go because the middle space between what was and what could be is too scary. But for me, a crisis is an invitation to change. And a crisis doesn't have to be like this horrible thing, but it, it's that moment when you're aware that what I was doing isn't what I need to keep doing and I'm scared to make it different. A crisis is actually an invitation for courage. Uh, many years ago, I, uh, I ended up going skydiving. A whole lot of situations happened, but there was a point at which I found myself 10,000 feet in the air and I was sitting on the ledge and the gentleman said it was time to jump out. Now, I don't know if any, has anyone ever gone skydiving before? Anybody? Skydive. That's a crisis moment because I'm in a plane where I'm alive and I was deeply, deeply okay with being alive. And he said that it was time to jump out. And when I jumped out for a while, there was a question in my mind about would I be alive at the end of it? You may at this moment, depending on who you are, some of you may be on a ledge right now. You may be at the point at which you are in a safe spot and you like your safe spot. But if you had just a little bit of courage, and a willingness to free fall for a little while, then maybe, just maybe, you could experience something beyond your wildest dreams. Is anybody in, on a ledge in their life right now where you have an opportunity to do something that you've never done before? And it is so scary. I remember when we went out of the plane, we free fall, we went on a free fall. It was 10 seconds at 120 miles an hour. And the wind was rushing so fast through my head and, and everything, I couldn't breathe and I couldn't look and it was just a free fall and it was so fast and it was scary and it was out of control. And then the parachute opened. And when the parachute opened, I had a chance to see what I couldn't see before. After the free fall comes a new perspective. A couple of years ago, I worked on staff at Cedar Creek Church. It's a great job, loved my job. Worked there for 14 years. Loved it, loved the people that I worked with. But then a variety of circumstances started arising in my life. And I had a choice to stay comfortable or to choose courage. And choosing courage meant that I had to give up everything that made my life easy. I had to give up even certainty for the future. And after I said, yes, I'd give it up, there was a free fall. 
There were things that were completely out of my control. There were things that I didn't understand. There were things that didn't make sense, that weren't predicted, even though I planned the best I could. But the parachute did open. My encouragement to you is that if you are on the ledge right now, what is it going to cost you to take the leap? But here's the thing. What is it going to cost you not to take it? Most people will say at the end of their life, they will not regret what they did. They regret what they didn't do. And we often villainize the free fall. We think that when it's a little messy and out of control, when you take the leap and you do something radical, that if it doesn't all fall into place, that something's gone wrong. And that is the exact opposite. Every single transition in life has a thin space of unknown, of uncertainty. Because that's where we reposition ourselves. That's where we get ourselves reoriented in order to do the new thing. There's a gentleman, his name's William Bridges. He wrote a book called Transitions, and he calls it the messy middle. And you have to go through the messy middle in order to get to the other side. Embrace the messy middle when you make the leap. Don't be afraid of it. Don't run away from it. Don't try to make it shortened. Embrace the messy middle. So when you think about change, that next piece after the metamorphosis is it's a matter of focus. And focus is about fighting the right fight. Focus is about making a stand and, and finding the thing that you are going to stand for. There's a lot of fighting happening in our world. How many of you survived the election season on social media? <laughs> like, there was a lot of fighting. And, and what are some of the things we're fighting about? We're fighting about opinions. We're fighting about perspective. We're fighting about ideas. But you know what the best fight is? It's the fight for people. The fight that you're engaged in in your life, is it a fight for people? Is it a fight to make someone else's life better? And this is how you know that you're in the right fight. Because it's going to cost you something. Any fight worth standing up and showing up for, it's going to cost you something. But what it costs you is going to pale in comparison to what you're going to profit and to what the people around you are going to profit. Um, I was thinking about the movie Civil War. Um, there's Team Cap and there's Team Iron Man. And one of the things about the movie Civil War, most folks seen the movie Captain America Civil War, the thing about the movie that was interesting was that these two superheroes, they both had a fight that they saw from different perspectives. Iron Man saw the fight one way. Captain America saw the fight another way. And for them, the difficulty was, because they were fighting about ideas, what they ended up doing was dividing their team. If you're working in teams these days, it's good to take a moment to stop when your team is struggling with something. And ask yourself a question, are we fighting about ideas or are we fighting for people?
Because if you're fighting about ideas, you got to be sure that that's the hill that you want to die on. But if you're fighting for people, you're going to be hard-pressed to go wrong. And when I say fighting for people, it's for them to have the kind of hope that you have every day. To fight, and, and this doesn't have to be your job. Maybe your job is just the, I got to pay my bills job. That's totally legit. But maybe outside of that, you find a place where you can fight so that people have the same hope that you have every day. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But that third key is focus. And then the fourth key, this is pretty, this is a nuanced one, but this is about strength. Because when we talk about changing the spaces around us, we want to talk about the abilities that we bring into that space. What are you amazing at? Do you know what you are incredible at? Do you know what it is when you show up with that thing that people go, yes, we need you to do that thing? And if you're not sure what that is, then it's easy. You can hop online and you can type in abilities questionnaire and somebody you can find a strengths finder test, but figure out that thing. But one of the things that I have learned is that I can use my superpower for good or for evil. One of my superpowers is strategic planning. I can look at a problem, I can figure it out from A to Z, great, woo! It's a fantastic superpower. And I can use it to help people to do great things. But when I believe that my superpower of strategic planning is the top voice, that that influence should be the influence that outweighs everyone else's, now it's kryptonite. It now becomes the thing that can sink me. So the good question to ask yourself is, what is it that I am amazing at? And when I use it, do I create momentum or do I crush it with the people around me? Do people come alive when I am doing the thing that I am great at? When I am doing that thing, do people bring more ideas and do they, do they have energy? Or when I do the thing that I do well, am I doing it alone? There are a lot of folks out there these days who really truly want to have influence. And the hard part is, is that they are using the backs of others to build their influence. Strength is not overpowering the people around you. Strength is walking with the people beside you, bringing them along. When you overpower the people around you, they will not stay with you. But when you use your strength to bring them along, you build bigger and better teams. That is strength. Uh, I was thinking about Thor. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Thor, there was a point at which he is in the very first Thor movie. Uh, he goes over to the enemies, these folks called the Frost Giants. And the problem is, is that Thor thinks his dad, the king, is weak. He thinks his dad doesn't understand. And so Thor, he takes his hammer, his strength, he shows up with the frost giants, and he is going to take them on. And then when Thor's dad shows up, he gets in his dad's face, and he's like, you fool, you can't take them on. You see, Thor, he had his hammer, he had his power. But what he didn't have, was the understanding of how to build 
Instead, he was there to crush and destroy. Understand your strength and pay attention to do you use it to build momentum, to bring people around you, or are you using it to crush? And then finally, the last is passion. Uh, the last is passion. Um, passion is about do people come alive around you. If you are a manager, the one thing that I want you to pay attention to is when you walk into the room or when you walk into your office space or when you go into any environment where there are people who work for you, I want you to pay attention to how they respond when you show up first thing. When you walk into the room, do they greet you and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Or do they look away? If you work for someone, I want you to pay attention tomorrow when your manager, your supervisor, your boss comes in. Because in that moment, that will tell you exactly where that passion level is at. Are they passionate for people? Or are they passionate for process? Because when we're passionate for people, we deeply and truly care about what's best for them at their jobs. And this is one of when I talk to businesses, especially to supervisors and upper management, this is one of those soft things that people really struggle with because they go, we're about business. We want to make things better. We want to make profit and we want to make money. I said, yes, but you got to do it through people. And if your people are not engaged with you, you can have all the processes you want to and it's not going to happen. There are studies that say up to 85% of our workforce is disengaged. That is a management issue. Patrick Lanchoni is a favorite famous management consultant. He said, people do not leave companies, they leave managers. And so if you are in the room and you're a manager, you want to be a manager, you're an owner, what happens in your company is a direct result as to how well your people think you care for them. John Maxwell said that people want to know three things. Do you like me? Can I trust you? And will you help me? Those are the three things that people want to know from their leaders. Do you like me? Can I trust you? And will you help me? And when we are able to bring those three things and marshal them, whether you're a manager or not, in our world today, I want you to tell me, if you were able to say yes to those three questions with your boss, would you like your job more? If you knew that your boss liked you, if you knew that your boss was able to help you, and if you knew you could trust your boss, would you not love your job more? In your life, the people around you who are most important to you, if we take this out of a work context, you will have tremendous relationships. If the people in your life were able to ask the answer yes to whether or not you like them, and could they trust you, and would you help them? I'm a mother of three kids. I'm a wife. For me, every day, that is my first job, is to make sure that my family can answer yes to those three questions. Because if I can do it at home, I can do it in the workplace. That's the first part of passion. The second part of passion is the conclusion of this talk. The second part of passion 
if I go back to the Wonder Woman movie, if you saw the Wonder Woman movie, there was a place at a, where she and uh, the captain and a bunch of guys, they are at no man's land on the battlefront. They are in a bunker, they are on one side, and the enemy is on the other side. And as they are standing there in the bunker, and there's intermittent fire, Wonder Woman says, who's going to help the people over there? And all the soldiers and all the guys, they're like, they're over there, we can't help them, it's too dangerous. And if you watch the movie, you saw the dramatic scene where Wonder Woman who's dressed in her cape to cover up her Wonder Woman-ness, she takes off her cape and she grabs the little metal thing that stays in her hair even though she's fighting. I don't understand that. But she slides it on her head and she's got her magic lasso and her shield and she climbs up the ladder. And the men who are in the trenches, they start yelling, come back and don't stop, it's dangerous and you'll be hurt. And Wonder Woman climbs over the ladder and she takes the first step into no man's land, the place where no man will go. And she takes the next step. And then you see the first enemy bullet coming slow motion at her. And as it's coming at her, she puts her arm up and she deflects that first bullet. And she takes another step. And you see another bullet come at her and she takes her next arm. And the bullets begin coming faster and faster and she's still walking. And then there is a place where she gets halfway and the enemy, they begin to load up their large artillery and she's got to go to the ground and she has her shield in front of her and she is taking fire. And what happens at that point? She is taking maximum fire and it is then when the other men, they come out of the bunker. You see, when it comes to passion, people want to see how much you love what you're doing before they'll step up and help. If you are deeply passionate about something, that's great. But they need to see you putting yourself on the line before they're gonna step up and do it with you. And as Wonder Woman, as she was down and she was, and the men started coming out and joining, they started building momentum and they started charging the other side and they went into that other bunker and they took over and what I loved was that Diana cared enough about the people who were in danger to risk her lives. For you and I, whether we're working in an office, whether we are at home with kids, whether we're a student, whether we're just, we're just going to whatever line work every day, there are still people in our lives that we want to take care of. There are people in your life and in my life where every day it makes a difference whether or not you show up for them at your job. Some of you go, well, you know what, I don't run anything or I don't do anything, but are there people in your life that you love enough that you want to take care of them and that you want to protect them? Maybe you want to just earn enough money for your family. It's not enough for you to wake up every morning and go, oh my gosh, I got to go to work. But when you wake up every morning and you know that you going to work is going to make someone in your life, their life better, that's passion. That you have passion for people instead of process. When I gave this talk before, uh, I was able to think through, a friend of mine captured something that I'd said, and so I just want to read it here. It says, enemy soldiers may be on the side, 
But who is going to help the people where the enemy soldiers are at? And when we talk about the enemy soldiers, that is a metaphor for anything in our world that tries to discourage people. There is so much discouragement in our world today. People are discouraged about their jobs. They're discouraged about their health. They're discouraged about finances, relationships. And those are the enemies of our hope. And so when we begin to walk into the places where it's hopeless, when we begin to walk into places, there will always be people that tell us, you know what, you don't have to worry about that. Somebody else will take care of that. But we have to go and we've got to find the people who need our help and we've got to put our hand out. We don't have to be responsible for saving them every day of their lives, but we can be responsible for saving them that day. And when we do that, that's how we change the world around us. And so if we want to recap the superpowers that you have, it's the power of presence. Do you know where you belong? And then we've got metamorphosis change, that a crisis, that's an invitation to courage, that if you're on the ledge, what is it going to cost you to take the leap? And what is it going to cost you not to take the leap? And then we've got focus. Have you found the right fight? How are you going to fight for people in your world? Strength, do you use your abilities to create momentum or to crush it? And then finally, we've got passion. Who are you going to fight for in your world? How are you going to show yourself in such a way that other people want to join you? It's my hope for every one of you that one of these five superpowers kind of grips your heart today. That maybe there is this one next step that you can take, even if it's a little one. I believe that every single one of you, that there is more for you and that there is more in you. And maybe you don't see it right now, but keep waiting, it's there. So thank you for letting me share something that I'm deeply passionate about. See what I said, Nate? I mean, every single time I have an interaction with Barb, even just hearing her speak, it, it really encourages me and it always makes, like, my life is better after hearing from Barb than when I started. What was, uh, what was one of the biggest takeaways for you from this talk? I think it was how she talked about we will often take composite aspects of other people that we see and try to incorporate them into ourselves and that oftentimes we can lose our unique self of who we really are. So asking the question, who am I, and answering that for ourselves is core. And I, and I think that's so true, especially because it it is universally applicable. So it doesn't matter if you're in tech, it doesn't matter if you're working a nine to five, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur uh, or you know speaker, if you're on, on your own, like those are the things that are just universal. And I think it really brings back to that quote that you had in the beginning from John Maxwell. And people are asking like, do you, do you like me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? And I think when you have some of these tools that Barb talked about, those start to answer those questions. Because then I, I can say, yeah, I mean, I think I can, I can trust a person who is gonna fight for me and who is, who is gonna advocate for me. Yeah, totally. 
that's just one piece of the Code City puzzle here. We have talks on Monday nights. We would love to have you join us at Rust Belt Coffee at 6 p.m. to hear other people just like Barb. We're going to link everything that you need to connect with Barb down in the show notes, so make sure you check those out as well as some of the other resources. And if you're just looking for somebody that wants to fight for you, that wants to fight for your idea, fight for your business, then let us know. We've got a Code City startup team that would love to have the opportunity to help you achieve your goals in innovation, entrepreneurship, business, or even just a side hustle. Go to CodeCity.co for that information. Hope to see you on a Monday night soon and keep innovating wherever you are.